So if you will, let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, again, we magnify and glorify your precious name. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, we just we thank you, Lord God, for who you are to each and every one of us. But right now, Lord God, we know that there's a real sense in the spirit, Lord God, that as it's already been spoken, as it already has been prayed, Lord God, that you are you are on the move, Lord God. That you are doing that which you want to do and need to do and that which you plan to do for the kingdom, Lord God. And it's all an indication of the time that we're living in, Lord God. That every single day as it passes, the, the time draws near and near, Lord God. So, Lord, as you speak to our hearts today, Lord God, I pray first and foremost and above all things that every person here today, Lord God, that we will first humble ourselves, Lord God, no matter where we are on this journey. That we humble ourselves, Lord God, to be and open ourselves to receive your word today, Lord God. To not think that, oh, this message, yeah, Pastor, what a powerful word, but it was for somebody else. But that we find, Lord, our hearts open, that we, we know where it is for us. And where you are charging us, Lord God, where you, where you are challenging each and every one of us, Lord God. To move to the next level and to be watchful, Lord God, as your word says, in this hour, as the days grow darker and darker. So, Lord, we need you today, Lord God. Even right now, by your spirit, Lord God, even through this prayer right now, there's some that Satan is wanting to challenge to resist. But God, we cast it down in the name of Jesus right now. Everything that exhausts itself, every spirit that exhausts itself against the knowledge of who you are, Lord God, yeah. we bind it in the name of Jesus. That your word may go forth with boldness and, in, and with power, Lord God, and that it may be received by everyone that are the hearers, Lord God. Yeah. So we agree today, right now, we agree right now, Lord God, that you have your way and that you speak to us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. If you will turn your Bibles, yes, we can give God some praise right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. This is part two of uh, the message of how will you finish your race? How will you finish your race? And with this message, as I said last week, it comes with a subtitle. And that subtitle to the message is How dear is your life to you? How will you finish your race? And then how dear is your life to you? This is part two. And we'll just pick up kind of from where we left off. See, we are in Acts chapter 24. I mean, chapter 20, verse 24. And it reads like this. Acts chapter 20. Verse 24, and it reads like this, it says, But none, but none, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that, somebody say, so that, so that I may do what? Finish my race with joy. And not just finish my race with joy, but finish also and 
finish the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. And that is to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Here what we see is Paul. Paul has come to a place in his life where the most profound thing has happened. And by this time he had been through many different things. He already been locked up. He had already been beaten up. He had already been bound in chains on several occasions prior to this. Matter of fact, where we are here now, if you study this, then we are at the place where God, where the Spirit of God is, is, is moving him within himself to go to Jerusalem for the feast, but, in, but also warning him what stands before him. And what actually is happening here is this, this is at the end of his life. This is, this is the, the time right towards the end of his life when he now goes to Jerusalem and then and also, and I'm just jumping fast forwarding for a second just to lay the foundation. And what's happened, what, what did happen is he went to Jerusalem and he ended up getting arrested and then we know that he ended up living, you know, being transferred after a period of time back to Rome to stand before Caesar and he was under arrest and house arrest and, and he and that's the end we know that he was later crucified but he never touched down again somebody know what I'm talking about he never was free again from this time. So this is the time where, yo, no, he had been in jail before. He had been through all of these different things. By this time, he had already finished three missionary journeys. As most of you already know, you Bible students know, he had went on three different missionary journeys. This is after that. And what is it that he is saying? And this speaks volumes. We're using him as an example. But this speaks volumes. What is it that he's saying that, but none of this moved me? What was it, what was it that didn't move him? Well, you have, it, it, it takes us having to read beforehand. And before, if you just back up to verse 17. It says, from Miletus, he sent, that's he is Paul, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know from the day, first day, that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived amongst you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials. See, he had already been through many things, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. He says, now I kept, I, you, you know how I've kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 22, he says, and see now, see now. He says, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Not knowing the things which that will happen to me there. Except, somebody say except. except. 
So there was much, he knew that it was something was going to happen. He didn't know exactly what, what it was, but he, except he, he did know this, that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that the, the, the chains and tribulation awaits me. And what he means by every city, because see, by the time he had got here to Miletus, which was still uh, some ways off, he had traveled through many different cities already, you know, making his journey towards Jerusalem. And in every city that he had came across, as he was bound to, he knew that he had to go to Jerusalem. He knew that the Spirit was leading him there. He knew that he wanted to go there. But in every place, and if you read through it, you'll see that he, that he was here for seven days, here for one day, and as he was journeying back to Jerusalem, everywhere that he was going, that uh, the Spirit was showing him what awaited him. How was the Spirit showing him? Prophecy. Men and, and brothers and sisters, even if you read further, you can see that even he had stopped at Philip's house. Philip, you know Philip. Everybody remember Philip. Philip was one of the seven original deacons to the church along with Stephen you remember Stephen Stephen was one of the original seven and Stephen had already been killed by now and the Bible says that when uh, when Stephen got killed where was Paul well he wasn't even Paul then he was Saul because he was the one that was he was the cheerleader on the side he was the one holding the coast yeah y'all kill him he was still on the other side at that time so now we're coming along and then and Philip has four daughters that the Bible says that was prophets. They, uh, a prophetess. Let me get that right. Y'all didn't like that, huh? I seen, I said prophet. Some of the women looked at me like, what are you talking about? Prophetess. There we go. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. But Philip had four daughters that prophesied. And even then, they, they telling them what was awaiting him. So God gave them many different, yo, know, insights. As to what was happening in there. So he knew. He knew that it wasn't nothing nice that was awaiting him. It probably was some like even what the these people uh, that was going from Egypt somewhere to, to the monastery when they was on their little journey right there. They knew that it was dangerous, my friends. But at the same time, they knew that they had to do what was best for the kingdom of God and what they were being led for by the kingdom of God. And my question to you today is that some of us today, are we willing to do what's best for the kingdom of God? Or are we moved as Paul was not moved by any of that? How, what are you being moved by today? How dear is your life to yourself? See, because in order to finish this race, and not just finish the race, but you notice it says in verse 24, in order to finish the race with joy. See, he knew what he had been through. He knew what he was, even what he was, what was before him. How can you run, how can you finish the race when you know that change and tribulation awaits you? How can you finish it with joy? Each and every one of us as believers, we might know that I got to go through this because I got to fight, I got to finish it. But I, we would, can we finish it with joy? We would definitely, yo, come on, let's just keep it real. Because even to know, or even the, the people that were traveling from, you know, to the monastery in Egypt, did they travel with joy or was they traveling, you know, knowing that they got to go, but shaking in their boots? Yes, yes, yes. Which one of us? 
See, there's only one way that you can finish this thing with joy. And the only way that you can finish it with joy, it takes you having to, to take a look at your life. The subtitle. What does your life really mean to you? See, and this is what Paul finally figures out. See, he figures out that in order for him to fin not only finish the race, not, uh, and not just finish the race begrudging, uh, begrudgingly, scared, frightened, but just but to be able to finish this race with joy, what was before him, well, the race that he had came to the part of the race where now I'm changed way too. I'm on the track, but, but what's on the track now in front of me that I gotta run through is glass, it's dangerous, my friend. This is some good. Um, he's come to the dangerous part of the race. It's all right for us when we run when we run in the race and everything is smooth and, and dandy. When all the bills is played, paid and every provision has been made, you know, and God is just doing his thing, you know, see, we can run that race. But when it's time to, to hand off the baton and, and run the next leg, see the next leg might be filled with strife. It may be filled with the world coming against you. It may be filled with even your own household coming against you. The Bible says that, you know, that he, he had told Paul that you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose relatives, my friends. They're going to come against you. See, what, which, which one of us want to run that leg? See, that's a hard leg. And knowing that we might even know that we have to run the leg is one thing. But how are we going to run the leg? And see, what Paul had came to understand at this time, no, he had been through a whole lot. And, and I don't say that he professed to have known this all of his days. But it's very clear, David, that here, as his, 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 his race is drawn to the end, as he's about to run that last leg, sort of to speak. And that's the, the last leg is just as important as the first leg because if you don't finish the last leg, you don't finish the race, my friend. But what he realized here, in order for me to continue and to finish this race with joy, that I'm going to have to examine my life. What does my life mean to me? So therefore, he says, none of these things move me. Why? Because I don't count my life dear to myself and see some of us right now is, trying, is we, we have a desire to run this race we love God with all of our hearts we know and we've been in this thing and, and God has touched our hearts but some of us we ain't examined our lives how can we run this race with joy if we have not examined what our life means to us. How dear is your life to yourself? God is knocking on the door of our hearts right now and he's, got, and he's telling us, he's showing us on every side that if you count your life so dear to you, my friend, you cannot serve me. You can't finish this race. Not with joy. And I'm calling you to finish it with joy. I don't want you to run coming across the, 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 the finish line all beat up and all sad. I need you to come across the finish line with head and tail up high. Victor, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Because of Christ Jesus. And the only way that this
this is going to happen. See, some of us, what has happened, what, and when I say some of us, I'm talking about the body of Christ, my friends. What has happened in the body of Christ is we've been led to believe, we've been taught that our life means everything. We've been taught to value our lives. Hear me. We've been taught to value our lives. Well, here, the word of God, and matter of fact, now, not only just here, but now you're going to be able to, we can go and search the scripture and you'll see, it never said to value your life. It never did. But I remember the preacher tell, making it, I don't know if he said it, but it sounded like he said that. That's what I got out of it, so I have to assume that's what he was saying. That my life means everything. You know, how, if you don't, if your life ain't all put together, then how you gonna serve the Lord? Yeah. You know, there was a certain appeal to it. But I can show you here, my friends, by the word of God. He's always said, don't count your life dear to yourself. And Paul finally comes to that understanding. And God is asking for each and every one of us. I don't know where you are on what leg you on. But it don't matter what leg you on. It's in the day that you hear his voice. Heart, not your heart, my friend. And today he's saying, I need you to not count your life dear to yourself. I'm going to say that again. I need you to not count your life dear to yourself. Did everybody get that? I didn't say, I, I, I didn't say, or it does not say, I don't need you to count your life so dear to yourself. See, because if we just add the word so, that, give, that gives an indication that we can count it a little bit, but not so, so, so much. He says, I need you to not count your life dear to yourself, period. And all we've done, my friend, matter of fact, my life has been is, is so dear to me that you ain't going to talk to me like that. Right. My life is so dear to myself that uh, I'm not going to stand for nothing. You see? Yeah, I'm not, no, you ain't going to talk to me like that. You ain't going to steal my parking space. You ain't going to do this. And you ain't going to do that. Matter of fact, I'm watching you. This is how dear to my life, my life is to me. We've done it. And so in, in comparison, it's just, it's just beautiful what God has done because in comparison to here some people in the, well, let me just say this first, because in the same, in the same voice, in the same sentence, in the same heart that says, yo, that counts his life dear to himself. This one, we, the same one, me, as I count my life so dear to myself that I can't let you, that, yo, I can't forgive you. I gotta take a week to forgive you. Right, 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 right. That I gotta, you know, go through what I need to go through to get over what I need to get over to even let you back in. Right, right. You know. Yes. That I got to, you know, go through my process. And you need to give me time to do that. And all of these different things. But the funny thing about it is the same the same me that has to go through all of that. I'm the same one that says that, Lord, I'll die for you. I'll give my life to you. I'll give myself away so you can use me. 
the truth of the matter is, is God has said that, how is it that you would die for me, my friend? And some of us think that, yes, if, if, if we was challenged, because we know that these days is coming, just like they, as they already are, that there's people that, that is saying, are you a Christian? And if you proclaim Christianity, you're going to die right now. And somehow we think that if that ever happened to me or you today, that we would say, yes, I'm a Christian, boldly, and, you know, and, and take the book. Some of us believe that. But the same one that believed that I ain't for you, how can I say that I would do all of that and I ain't even willing to, to, give, to forgive my sister or my brother for you, Lord? I ain't even willing to die to myself enough or deny myself enough to, to let you get a pass today. But I'm going to die when, when, they, when they put the bullet, to, I mean, the gun to my head. Come on, think about it. Really? Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it, right? Who are we fooling? It ain't him. I'll take the bullet to the head, but I ain't even willing you know, to show up to church on time. Yeah. I'll take the bullet to the head, but I ain't willing to even raise my hands and, 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 and worship you in spirit and in truth. Because I got something else on my mind right now. You know that, uh, what happened last night and what I heard about coming to church. No, this is a serious thing. And when he's talking about none of these things move me. There, he was talking about chains and tribulation. But our, our chains may not be the, the, them chains yet. But we got chains and stuff that's happening. You know, people that's coming against us and things that are happening, even us falling our own self. That we ain't willing to, we being moved all day long by these things. We've been moved by these things and God is saying, no more. Are you serious? The time is, is too far spent, my friend. He said, I need you to examine and take a look at your life. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. <laughs> There's a serious challenge here, my friend. God is saying, I need the church, the body, to line up now. You've been living too long for yourself. But I need you now to begin to live for me because the time, the time is far spent. And the work needs to be done now. Who's going to do it? If we don't do it, who's going to do it? In Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, it says this. So this is just proof in the pudding, my friends, that this ain't something new in terms of God saying to us to examine our life. What, you know, he wants to, we need to know what life really is, is what it is. This life that he's saying, I don't count so dear to me. In order for you to say your life, you don't count so dear to you, you got to know what life is. And in verse 3 of Colossians chapter 3, he says, for you died. And your life, somebody say your life, life. means my life. Means my life. Come on, say it. 
See, because if, if we just stop and say your life, as it says, then I'm talking about your life. Right. That might not, I might not understand that I'm talking about my life too. Right. So your life means what? My life. So it says, for you die, and your life is hidden where? With Christ. Somebody say with Christ. With Christ. It's hidden with Christ. It didn't say it was hidden in Christ. Right here. It's hidden with Christ. Where? In God. Your life, when you died, and when you was raised from the dead, do anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Talking about when you accepted Lord Jesus, there was something that happened supernaturally in the spirit. And that was that God washed you with the blood of the Lamb, my friends. So you died. As the book of Romans says, that when he died and you believed, then you died with him. And when he was raised from the dead, then guess what? We were raised with him, my friends. Those of us that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. This is what we're going to celebrate on today. That's you and me. And so when he died, you died. When he was raised from the dead, you were raised from the dead. And that's why it says, for you died. And now your life is hidden with Christ in God. And verse 4 says, when Christ, who is your life? What is life? Christ is your life. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then guess what? Then we will also appear with him in glory. Amen. See, your life ain't what you think it is. Mm. And if you was here last week, then we asked, the, God asked us the question, what is life? Life is eternal. Mm. It, as it pertains to those that are, of us that are in Christ Jesus. And Jesus said it himself in the book of John chapter 17. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God. And, and, and your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. That's what life is. So life ain't what we think it is, what we got going on. What's important to us? Even your life right here, right now, and this ain't just speaking in, 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 at the time that we come into his presence eternally and everlasting. No, it speaks of it right now. Amen. Amen. See, that's what the problem is. The reason why we are we hold our life so dear to us is because we hold in this natural life so dear to us, even though we've been born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb. No, the life that we have to hold dear to us is this life. The one that is hidden in Christ Jesus or with Christ in God. The one that when he appears, that it's going to appear with him. Because it puts real full precedence. The one that then gives us understanding of what Jesus said. That this is life. This is eternal life. To know God, to know the only true God. And so our pursuit to this life, what life really is right now, shields is one thing and one thing only. And that is our pursuit to know God. Did you know that? It's not about uh, the house on the hill that you desire. Even though you can have all of that. Matter of fact, the best way to get that is to, to know the only true God. Amen. Because then and only then will all these things 
things be added to you and not only will they be added to you, but you'll have them in the right perspective, my friends. They won't overtake you. They won't consume you. See, that's what life is. If we know him and, and allow him, we talked about it earlier today, is he just coming into his presence that everything that we need is in his presence. And so we don't have to No, you can walk in relaxed, Amen. comforted. Amen. Glory be to God. It changes everything. Yes. And what's happening to the body of Christ, the Christians today, and especially in this Western world, America, we've got it so good in life that we don't know truly, we've lost focus of what life is. Right, right. See, this message to, to some of them Egyptians or some of these people in North Africa and some of them and most of the Christians in the Middle East that live every single day in the danger zone and know it. See, this they, they life they don't count dear to themselves. They know and value the time that they have. They don't wake up in the morning and with no thoughts of who God is. They wake up every morning, you talking about thank you, Lord. They know the value of that for real. And we can so easily be sidetracked to these things that they end up, we end up taking it for granted. For granted. And God is saying, no, not so, my friend. And you know what? Honestly, and this is by the Spirit right now. Man, the, the value for one, and, and, and I'll give you this. God is saying this. I'll give you this. For them, you know, is it even fair to be compared to them people that's, in, that's living in the danger zone? Mm -hmm. Probably not. In the sense that, yes, if we was in the danger zone, then we would have to live with that awareness. But God is saying that it's much more valuable for, for those that ain't in the danger zone to live with that awareness. I honor that even more because they have to. But you are in a place of comfortability where you don't have to. But if you, if, but it's those that do. It's an indication of how the intimacy and the love that you truly have for me. It's like, you know, uh, it's, uh, the natural example to that would be something like, you know, uh, having two kids. Here you are, you rich as all get out, you got two kids. One, that, that, that uh, a dollar don't mean nothing to them. Because they got everything they need and more. And then having the other one that he has just as much, the same. He got all that he needs and more and access to even more than that. But, but, but even under them circumstances, he values every dollar that he spends. He don't even have to. But he does. You see how beautiful that is? Man, for that one that even though he can waste everything and still have more than enough. But he takes value in it. Not because he has to, but because it's in his heart to. And that's why God says that for you, 
the privilege that we have over here, but for us to have that mindset to value our life, even when we ain't put under the pressure to like them, but, but if you do it without the pressure, God is saying, man, this guy really knows me. He's just like that son that valued the dollar, you know, and he didn't have to. What an honor. And this is what God wants to see from each and every one of us. This is a serious challenge, my friend. And there's more dynamics to it than that because the real reality is there may come a day even in your comfort zone. And that day might not be too far off. That you might, that it's going to cost you to profess Jesus. See, we can freely walk through these doors mm. with no holes barred no, no, and don't cost us anything. Mm. But there may be a time that it, it costs you everything yes. to commune with the brothers. To, yo, and, and if you're willing to profess Christianity, but which one of us? Mm. That if we ain't willing to even yo, be faithful, mm. to be expedient, in the things of God now, with no pressure, how do we think when the pressure comes that all of a sudden we're going to flip the switch? Yeah. I ain't got to do it now, I'm cool, but you know, I know, you know, you know I'm good for it. That's what we're telling God. You know I'm good for it, God. My God. You ain't never been good for it. But none of these things move me. It takes a true evaluation of our lives, my friend. If we're going to finish this race with joy, as he desires, as he's commanding from us, that he don't want you to just finish the race. It's the same thing when he talks about a giver. He wants a cheerful giver, not somebody giving begrudgingly. He wants someone that's going to serve him, not out of love, because you have to, or obligation, but one that will serve him freedom, freely. Freely. Somebody say freely. freely. And that freely comes from what? It comes from relationship. It comes because from knowing him. That's why Jesus, now we've just made a full circle. That's why Jesus said that life, what it is, is knowing the only true God in Jesus Christ, his son, that he sent. It is born out of relationship. Relationship. So today, God is just challenging each and every one of us not to look at your brother sitting next to you, but to look at yourself. To really humbly examine yourself. And can you say that none of these things move me. What, yeah, they talked about me behind my back. They made fun of me. They mocked me. They did this, they did that, whatever they did. Can you really say that none of these things move me? And I'm willing to continue to love and forgive that, that I may be what? A blessing unto the Lord. That I may die for Christ. See, because every death that he's calling us to, it ain't a physical death. He's, uh, uh, he's calling us to die to ourselves. Emotionally and all of these different things. 
to make a decision to say that I ain't gonna, what does dying to yourself mean? I'm glad you asked me that. Because dying to yourself means that I'm not going to, I'm going to die to my will in my way. And I'm going to accept God's will in his way. No, it don't mean that you got to get buried, stabbed, you know, shot up. Not yet. But before we can even get to all that, he said, will you just deny yourself? Will you deny your will? To follow my will. Will. They call me and you the only one call. Will you die to your will and follow my will? Listen. Each and every one of them. Will you die? Oh, you talking about you're going to die and take a bullet to the head, but you ain't even willing to die to your own will, your own way. Yeah. While you're alive to follow my will and my way. Come on, my friends. Do we see what the picture really looks like? Right, right, right. Do we really see Because if we, if we just going to fast forward, because if we really could see what the picture looks like, if that was me or you, then we'd be saying, oh, I don't know Jesus. Hmm. Who was that? We'd be like who? Peter. Oh, who? That wasn't me. I wasn't with him. Yo, Islam, no, man, that ain't nothing. Come on, come on with it. What I got to do? Really? To live. And God forbid if they have your kids sitting next to you. Say what? Oh, you, you a Christian? Well, this one's finna die because you a Christian. Then what? Mm. See, because some of us think that we would say it even for ourselves if our kids weren't involved, but then if, now, now let's push the next button. Even though you ain't going to do that. Nine times out of ten. Mm. Not until you start. You know, and God said, I don't even need you to do that. Wow. Even if you would, I don't need you to die for me. I just need you to die to yourself for me so I can still use you. Because right. if you die for me, then I can't use you. Right. But if you die to yourself mm. while you're still alive, still use you on the journey. Right. Yes. 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 Will you die? Mm. How are you going to finish your race? Mm. We got to finish the race. <laughs> but how are you going to do it? If you're going to do it with joy, then the thing that, that the way that it's going to, in order for us to do it with joy, then we're going to have to start with one thing, and that is examining and, 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 and taking a real look at my life. How dear does I, do I count my life to me? I count it so dear that I can't, no, I ain't going to do that. No, I ain't going to do that. You know better than that. Who you think I am? No, God says I need you not to count your life so dear to you. Please. I know this ain't about, uh, yo, this ain't about salvation, you know, Mr. This is talking to those that have salvation. Yes. Now are you gonna now that you have salvation, will you work for the kingdom? We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. As we stand before your throne of grace right now, Lord God.
each and every one of us. I'm not even, I don't have to ask for us to stand on our feet and come to the front because I know that what you've spoken, Lord God, you've spoken to every one of us. And you've challenged each and every one of us. And you're calling us to finish our race with joy. That just as Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, that I have finished my race. And now what's laid up for me is a crown of righteousness, Lord God. He knew what was to come. And Lord, as he knew what was to come, then let us know that we have a crown of righteousness that's laid up for us, Lord God. But in the meantime, Lord God, that you have called us to finish this race with joy. Doing it with, with the delight of our heart. Doing it out of honor to you loving our enemies, Lord God, when they are not lovable. Yes. When they despitefully use us, Lord God. Yes, God. Lord, touch the hearts of each and every one of us right now, Lord God. Let us not be blind and continue to fool ourselves to think that somehow we will take a bullet in our head and in, 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 in this life be over totally for us. And we're not willing to even die or deny ourselves and pick up the cross that Jesus told us to pick up to follow him. Remove the blindness, Lord God, that we may see That we may be truly able to accept just what Jesus said, whom the Son says free is free indeed. Yes. That we may know that we are free to live for him. Yes. And that we are free to, to deny ourselves. That we are free to, count, to not count our lives so dear to ourselves. But to put our trust in you, Lord God, as the author and the finisher of our faith Lord God so Lord supernaturally let your spirit touch and reign right now Lord God let none of us Lord God forsake this moment as you you speaking to us Lord God and I know for each and every one of us Lord God you are ministering your word to every one of us right where we are that's how awesome and supernatural you are you can touch us right where we are with one word can mean can touch a thousand in different ways. So touch our hearts right now, Lord God. Make us over, Lord God. Let us make us fit for your your use, Lord God. That while you may not call us to be bound in prison right now or to be crucified upside down, but you may call us just to deny ourselves on our job. And humble ourselves, Lord God, to, 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 to be shown that your light may be shown through us, Lord God. That, that can draw someone unto you, Lord God. So we give you all praise, honor, and glory. We thank you right now, Lord God, that you loved us enough that you shared your son with us. And for us, all the way to that cross, Lord God. We thank you right now, Lord God. Please, please, Lord God. Let us, let no one take this message lightly that you're speaking to us, Lord. Please, please. Don't let it go over our heads, God. Yes, Lord. 
but let it nail us right in the center of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's give God some praise.